This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Lord God, as we worship you, we come before you and in all honesty, we need your protection, we need your power, we need your presence, we need your strength, we need your victory, the very thing you came to give us. So Lord, fill us with all of you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Expectations. We all have expectations in every area of our life. For example, when couples get married, they have expectations. When Jackie and I got married, she had the expectation that I would be a handy kind of guy. She, she came across this expectation innocently enough. Her, her father was really good at fixing and repairing things, really handy. He was a really good DIY kind of guy. My dad was too, really good at all that. So it just made sense to Jackie that, that I would be a DIY kind of guy. But I'm more of a why DIY kind of guy. You, you do it yourself, you know. If it needs fixing, go ahead. So, for example, in the Limmer household, a couple of years as we were making out our Christmas lists and, and things like that, on one of our Christmas lists was this item called a drill, all right? And I assure you, it was not on my list. It was on Jackie's. We all have expectations. For those of you who are Christians, what is your expectation for what a Christian life is supposed to be like. For those of you who are not Christians, what is your expectation for what uh, a Christian life is supposed to be like if you were to become Christian? For, for a lot of Christians, and for a lot of people who are not Christians, but, but think if they became a Christian, the, the, the idea, the expectation is, is that if I'm a Christian, things are going to be pretty easy, right? It's not going to be all that bad. Life will be more like a, a, piece, of, a piece of cake, especially, especially if we're following God and, and we're on the, the path to keep his God-sized vision for us, especially if we're carrying out our own purpose that God has given us in life, then, then it ought to flow just really easy. But as many of you know, that's more like a Disney fairy tale than real life. Today, as we continue on in our, our series studying the, the book of Nehemiah, we're going to find out what real life is like for Nehemiah and for you and me as we move forward no matter what. So we want to look at this question today. What can we expect when we have a God-sized vision to reach more people than ever before? 
So as we, we go to the book, Old Testament book of Nehemiah, where they're at, they've, they've got this God-sized vision to rebuild the wall. As, as Pastor Ben mentioned last week, they have their own part of the wall. They have their own purpose. They're, they're part of, of what's going on. And then this is what happens. Sanballat, who was an enemy of God's people, was very angry when he learned that they were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian army officers, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, that stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it. Okay. So there they are. They're carrying out the God-sized vision. They're doing their part of the work, their purpose in life. And the enemy comes along and mocks and ridicules them, shames them, tries to discourage them. This guy, Sam Ballad, he's like, what are you guys doing? You're trying to build the wall out of the wall that was broken down. It's it shattered. The pieces are in half. There's angle pieces. These pieces were all burned. You're trying to build a wall out of that. You guys are idiots. Okay. And Tobiah, another enemy of God's people, he chimes in too and he says, man, that wall that you guys are building, if a nimble, light-footed fox jumped on top of it, it would just come crashing down. It would be like dominoes. What you're doing is a waste of time. It's pointless and it's useless. And it gets worse. Scripture goes on, but when Symbalat and Tobiah and the Arabs, Ammonites and Ashdodites heard that the work was going ahead, that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. So the verbal assaults, the verbal and emotional assaults, what was added to it was the threat of physical assault, physical war, right? They're going to they're gonna go to battle. They're going to fight against God's people, even though they're doing God's work. It was a very tension-filled environment. The enemies were, were threatening to come around and, and understand that the, the children of God, they did have weapons of war, but to say that they had a military that would actually be able to mount an attack, that would be a really big reach. And even if they did, who really wants to go to war and put their life at risk? The enemy is right there, okay? Again, this is a, a very, very tension-filled environment. That was then. 
How about now? Do you hear what's going on now? Some of the opposition that we face, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard this, maybe even experienced it yourself, is those Christians, they're mentally unstable. They have an invisible friend. They call him God. They talk to him in, in prayer. They, they rely in and trust in promises that are like 2,000 years old. They think that if you pour a little water, apply a little water, say a phrase, have a, a small piece of a, a little stale, flaky wafer, take a quarter shot of wine, that that's actually going to make a difference. That's a fairy tale. That's intellectual suicide. A follower of Jesus named Paul knew about this because it was true in his day just as it is in ours. And he says of, you know, of Christians and speaking of, of Jesus Christ, he says, it's foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven and it's foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified, the Jews are offended, and the Gentiles say, it's all nonsense. So what can we expect? When we have a God-sized vision to reach more people than ever before? Opposition from the outside. It's just a reality. So what are we supposed to do then, though, when we face opposition from the outside? We go back into the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah says, Then I prayed, Hear us, our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads, and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt. Do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. Nehemiah prays. He, he leans into God, and he tells God, God, our enemies, they're really your enemies. You take care of them. They're your deal. Vengeance is yours. You do the right thing, whatever that is with them, you do that to them. When we face opposition, then it would be good that we prayed to God too, that we trusted in God, that we leaned into him in prayer. Now, our prayer might sound a little bit different than Nehemiah's because we live in a different part of redemption history. And so our prayer may be more like this, God, we, we're, we're being, you know, we're facing opposition. We need your help. These people hate us, they hate you, but God, we know that you love us and that you love them. God, work in their hearts like you did with the Apostle Paul and bring them the faith and help them share the gospel message, the good news message of Jesus that they are 
persecuting now. Nehemiah says, you know, we're going to trust in God. We're going to pray. And then he goes on. There's more. He encourages those who are around him. He says, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. But from then on, only half my men worked while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah who were building the wall. The laborers carried on their work with the one hand supporting their load and one hand holding a weapon. All the builders had a sword belted to their side. The trumpeter stayed with me to sound the alarm. Then I explained to the nobles and officials and all the people, the work is very spread out and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. When you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding. Okay. So the people trusted in God. They prayed to God, showing their trust in God, and they continued to work. They continued to do what God had asked them to do, to carry out their part of the God-sized vision. And so they continued to work on the wall in the face of all this opposition. And now it was different as they worked. They had armed guards right there beside them. Okay? And not only did they have armed guards right there beside them, but they too had a weapon in their belt ready to go just in case. They continued to work. They continued to do what God had asked them to do. See, when we're carrying out God's work, that doesn't mean it's always going to be easy. It doesn't mean that we aren't going to face opposition. And so as we face Opposition, like the people in Nehemiah's day, we will not only pray, but we'll also continue to do the work, to carry out the mission of reaching today's people with Christ's victory. We'll continue to try and reach out to, to more and more people than ever before, both digitally and locally in our personal relationships. Okay? We'll continue to work. Just keep in mind, no one is asking you to pull out the bullhorn and go stand at the corner, right, and, and, and blast people that way. No one's asking you to go on the, the internet, on social media, and be the moralistic voice for everyone. But I do want you to know that Satan is really happy, that Satan really loves it when we keep our mouths shut. And so we'll continue. We'll still reach out in our neighborhoods, in our places of work, in our community, through social media and the like, posting positive things, requests for prayers, however that works, you know, for you. And we'll keep going forward. We'll keep loving God and loving others, even if they hate God and they hate us.
Because remember, we're in a battle. And it's a spiritual battle. And so the Apostle Paul says this, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. So keep that in mind when someone's coming after you, right? Trying to humiliate you either in person or online. Who's really behind all of that is Satan, okay? Because it's not against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So what are we to do? When we're facing opposition, trust God. Pray to God. Lean in on him with everything you have in the intensity of the situation. And take action. Keep working. Keep reaching. Keep sharing. See, sometimes people will, will look at this and they'll go, boy, we're to trust in God and, and we're to take action. Those, those things, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. It, it seems like we should either be able to trust God and then back like in the people in Nehemiah's day, then we don't have to build the wall. God will just make it happen. Or, or people will say, no, we've, we've got to build the wall so that God will take action. Both of those are wrong. We do both. We trust God with all of our heart and we take action with all of our might. Knowing that no matter how bad things get, God is still in control and that what we do really does matter. Having to trust God for an outcome that we can't control That is the part of everyday life in the life of a believer in Jesus Christ. Like Nehemiah, you got to trust in God and take action. We must fight hard in the places that God has given us responsibility and at the same time have this deep sense of the truth that God fights for us. And that leads us to the last part. Nehemiah says this. He says, then our God will fight for us. 
couple of weeks ago when we began this series, I shared with you what the name Nehemiah meant, and I asked you to just put it in your back pocket, and we'd come back to it, right? And so let's, let's take it out. Remember, Nehemiah's name means God comforts, okay? And here's the comfort that we have from God. Not only will God fight for us, He's already fought for us and won the victory. See, Jesus is the greater Nehemiah. Nehemiah, you remember, he was the the cupbearer, the bartender for the king. And he left that position with all of its benefits. Jesus left the glory of of heaven, of the kingdom of heaven, with all of that. Nehemiah, when when he left and, and, and left that position, he faced mocking and ridiculing and rejection as he tried to build up a wall. He put his life at risk. Jesus, when he left heaven, he faced ridicule, mocking, scorn. He was even abandoned by his heavenly father. And he didn't just put his life at risk. He actually gave up his life to redeem and restore people like you and me who are actually living lives far away from God. Not only will God fight for us, he's already fought for us and won the victory. This is what scripture says. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. See, our our faith rests in this truth that God has already fought for us and won. And with faith in that kind of God, Holy Spirit gives us strength to face our battles. So again, what can we expect? We may have a God-sized vision to reach more and more people than ever before. Opposition from the outside. And which will lead us to trust God and take action. And remember, remember that God fights for us. And since God not only fights for us, but has already fought and won the victory for us, then knowing all of that, we can move forward no matter what. Let's pray. Lord God, we we thank you for this time together. We thank you for opening our eyes to see that this is real this is a, a real 
spiritual battle. We thank you for giving us guidance and direction to lean in on you and pray with all of our hearts and to take action, keep on sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the victory that we have, all because of you. Lord, keep us and move us forward with a God-sized vision to reach more people than ever before, no matter what. We pray this in Jesus' name, who is the Savior of the world. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.